Alrighty, for those of you joining here on Facebook, uh, I will be posting the full podcast link in the description below. Well, description, I meant the comments. So you can actually find the full podcast episode in the comments and it'll be after I upload it. So if you're watching live, then obviously it's not done yet. So as soon as I finish doing that, then you will be able to see it now. So if you're already watching this and it's later, I probably already have the link to the full episode on Apple and Spotify in the comments below. So just wanted to kind of come up front and talk to you guys about that a lot that's going on. I'm going to be reading from a couple articles today. However, at first, I wanted to revisit this idea or concept around um, our, our health and well-being. And regardless of all the information that I might be sharing today, um, and that's maybe going on around the world, which is what attracts most people to this particular podcast, I wanted to first start by saying people need to start taking care of the things that they have full control of. And those things look a lot like your own personal lifestyle. What are you doing to create a great lifestyle for yourself? This is something that I believe all of us can be focused on because while we love looking at the internet and absorbing content that can tell us about what, what's going on in the world, we have to discover more and more what is happening in our own world, our inner world. And this is the way that we can solve actually a lot of the various issues that we're having all over the world is if we start taking care of ourselves first. So I kind of wanted to address that up front and that really Matrix Breakers, uh, the, the Matrix Breakers co podcast and concept is really revolved around uh, these four different elements. You know, lately I've been covering a lot of political information and financial information, but I also want to cover more of the health and wellness topics and the spiritual topics and start to, uh, when it comes to spiritual stuff, I mean, start questioning uh, what's really happening in the human evolution, uh, the human consciousness, the, the development of who we are as people, things like that. Uh, and then in terms of health and wellness, going back to what I was sharing here, um, we have to start taking care of ourselves. You know, you want to learn about what, what's happening in the world, but in reality, we have, to, we have to know what's going on in our own inner world. And by doing that, we're able to accomplish this outer world perspective. We're able to make great change in the world that we live in because we're uh, working on ourselves. So first and foremost, for breaking the matrix, you have to be able to have that that uh, that entire red pill process for yourself. Um, and you don't wanna just be that pessimistic person who knows everything about the world but knows nothing about themselves. And so that's something I implore all of you who are listening to actually start to do more and more often is to connect with who you actually are and then work on your health. You know, like, um, are you having a great sleep at night? Are you waking up and having a solid morning routine? What is it that you do 
for work? What is your career life balance? Um, do you work out? Uh, do you go to the gym? Do you have a health and wellness routine of some kind? Um, do you have a spiritual practice of some kind? Do, does that keep you in alignment with who you really are? I mean, there's so many different questions uh, that need to be answered, I think, that come to a more personal level. And so I bring that, I bring that up because for me personally, I have been working on myself, um, especially in a place like Colorado where the summers, uh, you know, we have really, we have all four seasons here. So when summer kicks in, a lot of what we get to experience is the excitement of the outdoors. You know, we live in uh, some of the most beautiful, legendary parts of the entire country. And I would even argue in parts of the entire world uh, right here in Colorado. So uh, we find ourselves in the adventure mode of like exploring nature, getting outdoors, connecting with ourselves, connecting with our friends and building relationships up and building our network. Like how much time are you spending doing that? Um, and this is the message for those of you who listen to the podcast because ultimately, um, I do find that some people are wanting to know more and more about the world, but they really have to connect with themselves, find a new lifestyle, find something that fits for them, find something that they can do that excites them every single day. And that right there is the solution to the world's problems. If you become the best version of yourself, then the world will kind of follow you and, and your reality will start to shift uh, because of who you are and how you show up. So that's something that I wanted to address with all of you up front. Um, and so I've, I've got a bunch of, I've got Instagram here and I've got, of course, Facebook and, and the podcast. So just wanted to address that. I am going to be covering some very interesting topics today in terms of political stuff um, and things that have been going on in the Supreme Court and then also what just happened with Russia and China developing their currencies uh, that are going to disrupt the entire world financial system. That is the largest, biggest, most incredible news and information uh, that has hit the uh, hit the world stage in the past two weeks. Um, while some of people some people have been focused on uh, Roe v. Wade or Johnny Depp trial or the Warriors winning their fifth or sixth championship, whatever it is. It's just kind of like none of that is important. Like what I'm sharing with you right here on this podcast is probably the most important information that you're going to hear and that you probably have heard in the past two weeks because it affects not only your entire life, but it affects the lives around you and even generations going forward. So let's talk about it. The first thing, very, very important thing that just happened is the... Uh, the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency, was in a court case uh, called West Virginia versus the EPA. And I'm going to read here from the from the article just to give you an idea of of what this uh, what this entire court case was about. Dubbed West Virginia versus EPA, the case was brought by a host of Republican attorney generals and the coal industry. Their argument centers on a regulation that never took effect, an Obama-era proposal known as the Clean Power Plan, which would have mandated that power plants make 32% reductions in emissions below 2005 levels by 2030. The Supreme Court ordered that rule to be suspended in 2016. So we're, there's a bunch of these different rules around carbon dioxide. I'm going to get to that in a second. That rule was later torn up by the Trump administration in favor of its affordable clean energy rule. So they made a whole new rule. 
is the problem with you know sometimes like democracies, right? Like one party's in power, then the next party's in power, and things are changing. So the Trump's administration regulation, however, however, was struck down by the U.S. Court of Appeals, uh, which is the D.C. Circuit. It's just a corrupt uh, 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 court system there in D.C. So challenging the lower court's reversal of Trump's rule at the Supreme Court, West Virginia has argued that the Obama-era clean power plan relied on an overly broad interpretation of the Clean Air Act and gave the EPA excessive and industry-transforming power. Very important information here. West Virginia argued that the lower court's interpretation of the law granted the EPA unbridled power to issue significant rules that would reshape the entire U.S. electricity grid and decarbonize sectors of the economy. It was said uh, the EPA should only have very limited authority to regulate emissions inside the fence line of power plants and cannot apply broader industry-wide measures like carbon credit trading or biomass co-firing. So, uh, there's a lot being said there. Uh, how can I explain this more simply? To even understand this court case in particular, it's a big deal, by the way. It's a big deal. Uh, but to even understand the court case in general, you'd have to really understand this entire demonization of carbon dioxide. Just so we're clear, humans and animals breathe out carbon dioxide, uh, and then plants breathe in carbon dioxide. Plants then release oxygen into the air, and then humans and animals breathe in oxygen, okay? So just to even demonize the idea of carbon dioxide by itself is already off the rockers, okay? You're already off the rails because the entire assumption somehow that carbon dioxide is heating the world's atmosphere is also been debunked almost 20 years ago, but this lie just keeps getting regurgitated. And when you really look at decarbonization, what does that really mean? Well, it means less everybody, right? It means depopulation is what it is. It is a depopulation plan. And it's also to control the energy sectors of the world's economy. So they want to try and say that because coal or uh, even oil drilling to some extent, and they say cow farting now, all of these various things contribute to carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which is, by the way, completely normal and has had extremely high amounts of carbon dioxide back in prehistoric sort of dinosaur era Jurassic Park period, right? Um, however, let's just toss that aside, even though carbon has been a part of our life cycle here since the earth has been around, um, just assuming, let's say, that it's a bad thing, they say that uh, these various different things uh, that deal with energy in terms of the energy sector are carbonizing the atmosphere, right? So they're looking to take away the ability for energy, the energy sector to produce anything so that they can, quote-unquote, decarbonize, right? To, quote-unquote, save the earth, okay? So all of these things are happening when, really, what is the true agenda behind it? Let's break that matrix right here, right now. It is this idea and concept to take energy away from the population. It's a dual-edged sword. You've got 
taking energy away from the population and in terms of rationing and controlling a population this is how they work to control different countries around the world which i'm going to get to uh and then also to uh, start to promote the idea of depopulation i think i saw a uh, time magazine article said you know is 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 having kids a good idea with the climate change of the future right so it's this idea that like we should just like humans just need to end their own civilization to save the earth right um and so and, and do humans do a lot of polluting and do humans do a lot of problems absolutely i don't think that anyone could sit here and say that we're absolutely innocent of all the things that actually uh, make a difference right i would say no that's not true we, we're definitely guilty of a lot of problems in the world right and so i kind of want to address that up front um, however, this idea to take away energy, this is something that they've been able to use in third world countries. They are, have full control and full dominance over the energy that goes to that particular country. Um, you can see this in uh, even in the state of Florida, for example. Um, the state of Florida doesn't have oil and they need to buy oil from other states or other countries in order to power uh, their entire energy grid and their systems, right? To get gasoline for cars and you know oil for various different petroleum products and things like that. And so it's kind of like when you take away a, a state or a nation's ability to sort of uh, garner energy for itself, you're really hurting the overall productivity of a, a particular state or country. And so uh, these large central banks around the world have used this to their advantage in third world countries, places in South America, Central America, places in uh, all over Africa and Asia. They've used energy as a form of slavery to regulate the energy industry in any country, making things expensive, things like that, is controlling a population. So they had a story in Zimbabwe that they would uh, really take away from the people by making gasoline prices $9 a gallon. So when they made gasoline prices $9 a gallon, you would have to be considered wealthy to even travel 10 miles, right? Because now you're having to drive and, and, and you're having to sort of live off of that aspect of, of the... Um, of the power grid, you know, the power, the energy system, the energy sector in that country because it was so expensive to drive. So again, this is to kind of uh, create a new lower class as we can see in America with gas prices going higher and higher. And so um, essentially what I'm reading from the Supreme Court document, uh, a lot of the Democrats are trying to say that, you know, this is one Democratic uh, 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 senator who said, this is a dangerous step backwards and threatens our air and our planet. But what is it really doing? What happened is the Supreme Court essentially ruled that the EPA cannot regulate carbon. They cannot regulate, Just they can't just do whatever the hell they want, basically. Just because you're working for the EPA doesn't mean you can go shut down a coal power plant or shut down some kind of oil drilling or whatever just because you say certain things. Like That's not what the case is. Um, it's very, very uh, measured in the way and how much power a certain um, administrative state has. And I mentioned in the podcast earlier, but there's this administrative state. It is the bureaucratic state that exists, that is in power, that controls the levers of power. Um, it is not these elected representatives. Our elected representatives, unlike what the Constitution says they should be, but uh, they are not in power at all. Uh, it doesn't matter what party is in power. It is the Dr. Fauci's of the world uh, who Dr. Fauci in particular worked for the NIAID, the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, 
he worked there for 40 years. He worked there from Reagan to Clinton to Bush to Trump to, to even Biden. He's still there, right? Um, what does that tell you? It tells you that there are these, the IRS and the CIA and uh, the EPA, um, all of these different agencies essentially are staffed with workers, bureaucrats that never leave. They're never fired. They even have all these clauses of protection to get to never getting fired. So these are very unaccountable people. They're never prosecuted for any kind of crimes. They're usually very corrupt and they probably are psychopaths, most of them, right? If you did some kind of uh, mental test uh, on all of these psychological tests on some of these bureaucrats who work there and been working for the government and had all this sort of unrestricted, unregulated power in these various agencies. And the EPA is one of them. And so I'm giving you this clarity that this is a big victory for the Supreme Court to say, look, the EPA cannot just make up rules. The EPA cannot just come in and crush an entire industry. You can't just come in and just shut down power in the United States. You can't just say, hey, yeah, coal is it's doing this thing with carbon and, and, and all this, even though the science does not even show it. There's as much science saying that carbon is hurting the atmosphere as there's much science saying that the vaccine stops the transmission of COVID-19 or that the vaccine uh, is the healthiest, best option, best possible solution to stop the pandemic, right? Like, it's as absurd as that language I just told you right now. Like, you just heard me say that the vaccine will stop the pandemic. That, you know, for a fact, after two years of this bullshit, that that is complete bullshit. <laughs> that is completely not true, right? Uh, what I just said to you. So just like I just said with the EPA, the EPA is, is another kind of bureaucratic FDA, NIH kind of, you know, statist kind of run bureaucracy, right? And it's coming in the energy sector saying, no, this is how you're going to run things because carbon's bad and you can't do this and we're going to put all these regulations on there. And so what West Virginia say, along with Texas and other states that joined in on this court case, they said, no, 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 the EPA actually doesn't have that kind of power. And they sued in order to get all the way to the Supreme Court to find out, do they really have this kind of power? And the Supreme Court, thankfully, ruled in the favor of West Virginia saying, no, the EPA does not have the power to do that. Carry on, do what your business is doing, do the thing with coal, whatever. And we got the cleanest coal, by the way. It doesn't even emit nearly the pollutants that people say. It actually has no pollutants anymore. There's solutions and things that they've already had in the, in the coal industry that have helped it. Whereas you got China heavily relied on coal. They have a new coal power plant every single week. Whereas we are shutting down our coal power plants. And Germany has shut down their coal power plants completely. Well, I'd say about about a 50% reduction. So over half of them have been shut off, right? And so then what are they stuck with now? They're stuck paying overpriced stuff from Russia. They're screwed over because they're relying on another country and not only another country, but an adversary to get their energy from. And now in Germany, they are announcing they're going to have blackouts and power outages and they're going to have rationing with electricity. Guys, that is where they're trying to take us. But it's all artificial. I've been explaining this on my podcast for literally years. I've been telling people how what is happening now is completely artificial. There is no purpose for it. It is completely made up. There's no reason for it. You know, we don't have to continue down this rabbit hole of, oh, we just need a bureaucratic state telling us how to live, telling us what to do. They know what's best. No, they don't know what's best. The government has been proven wrong so often and uh, it's been out of control, right? Just look at the vaccines. The vaccines are a microcosm of in all the government policy that's been going on for the last 40, 50 years. Seriously, including the monetary policy, which we're going to get to now. 
So I wanted to kind of mention that this is a huge victory. Um, and I kind of wanted to finish off by reading that... Um, this is kind of what this is kind of what this article said. I'm just going to read it from you guys. So the Democratic uh, whip, he's, his name is Dick Durbin. He said that this is a dangerous step backwards and threatens our air and our planet. He says that this sets a troubling precedent both for what it means to protect public health and the authority regulatory agencies have to protect public health. Again, total bullshit, total like, hey, we need to be in control. We're the anointed ones. We're the ones who know what's best. That's the bullshit that we're all tired of hearing. Am, are we, are, am I not? I mean, am I, am, I, are, am I speaking your language here? Like, are we not tired of seeing people on the news say, hey, you know, the people who don't believe in the vaccine or don't believe in this or that, are, you know, we're just trying to make sure that, that we're running the country right. We're making sure that we need to, we need to censor people who disagree with the, 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 uh, the administration of truth, right? The, the idea that there's one sole truth and that this government's going to, they're going to um, disperse this truth this this all-encompassing power to all of us little little fleshlings out here, the little citizenry who who are just wondering and curious about the world, and we're so stupid we don't know how anything works, right? That's kind of the way that these people work. So oh, it's oh we're gonna we're gonna regulate. This this really hurts the way that we regulate public health. You know, it's like dude, we don't need you to regulate our public health. Let the individuals decide what's best for their health. That's why you can smoke as many cigarettes as you want. You can put as many piercings on as you want. You can put as many tattoos on as you want you can you can do all the things that you want that's your ultimate liberty um and and also you get to take uh, celery juice every day or you get to take great supplements every day or you get to work out and you get to choose a lifestyle that's healthy for you so that's the whole point of living in a free society is allowing people to do those things so what he means is that the u.s may once again be on the path to becoming self-sufficient in energy and not peddling money to corrupt green lobbies and interests guys if you ever knew about the green peace uh, the uh, Greenpeace was a foundation or one of the two. There's there's so many uh, uh, sort of like environmental groups out there that just lobby for all this money and they just they, they promote all this regulation and this insanity that never works. That's not real. It's based on fake science, just like this, the vaccines are totally legit and real, no problems at all. And, and all the people are finding out now that there's all these problems and that there's, we have all these major issues now going on with health, health wise and, uh, and otherwise. And so to sit here and be like, uh, just to hear that the, the derogatory um, remarks from people to say that, yeah, no, uh, we know what's right and we know what's true and you don't, we're, we're going to help you understand this. Don't you, don't you get it? We're trying to, he we're here to, we're here to give you the truth, you know? And that's the kind of, that's the kind of bureaucracy that we're living in today. So let's move on to the next very massive, um, subject here. So w w first of all, I want to, I want to touch on something that I thought was very interesting. So, um, look, uh, we kind of saw this coming, but Russia being at war with Ukraine, that's a whole nother podcast. I've already covered all that information. I believe that the West and NATO provoked this war. Ukraine had 100,000 troops on the border of Russia in Donbass region, They in this area of eastern Ukraine um, that was you know, uh, in dispute. There were Ukrainians that believed that they were more Russian and they wanted to have Russian backing. And a huge fucking geopolitical mess, okay? You can't actually disagree that that was just a total crapshoot, right? 
And with that being said, Russia now having to deal with warfare and moving into this nation of Ukraine to take care of this issue that they say is caused by NATO, which I'm in more alignment now uh, every day with the fact that NATO is the one that provoked Russia into this sort of security countermeasure that's going on now in Ukraine. And um, with that being without happening, you have to kind of recognize that Russia has been put into a perilous position to decide on how they're going to run their their economy in the world because the US dollar is the world reserve currency and so if you wanted to trade in uh, with with anybody around you and your neighbor one country to another they use the US dollar as that medium of exchange it is the agreed upon uh currency of value that is going to be exchanged in any trade transaction that's what's happening with the world reserve currency of the US dollar and so uh, when I started seeing this, this happened a while back, um, but I started seeing this information coming out that China and Russia were making deals and they were paying in yuan and, and rubles. So uh, Russia's currency of rubles, the Chinese currency of the yuan, uh, were, these were being exchanged between countries. And I noticed that other powerful large countries are, were deciding on uh, making uh, economic deals without the U.S. dollar. And I thought that this was going to be a huge threat to the future of the United States just as an entire nation. So I want to read this article first to touch on it. Top Indian firm pays for Russian coal in yuan, which is the Chinese currency, and traders say more buyers could turn to China's currency. Why, why China's currency? Let's just briefly talk about that. China's currency is the yuan, right? And the thing about China is it's becoming a geopolitical behemoth, right? Uh, they are producing coal. They are able to export coal. They are able to export energy now to other surrounding countries. Um, they are uh, heavily invested in artificial intelligence, heavily invested in, uh, in technology in general, I would say they have stolen right intellectual property from the United States. A lot of our properties now belong to the Chinese Communist Party. And so they have an autocratic rule over there. Um, they've been obviously in heavily invested in having slave labor. Uh, and so the Chinese economy is built on actually producing stuff. Now it's done in a very shady and inhumane way. Um, however, it is getting done. Uh, the economy there is booming. Uh, th there is a crisis happening with the Chinese economy in, in, in other terms, uh, but for the general purpose of they build stuff, they make stuff. That is something that we in America used to be, right? We used to be a, a, a productive powerhouse on the geopolitical scale, and now we are no longer. Um, and so China is creating all of these products. They are shipping products all over the world. They are making money in a, I would say, a... Um, a more straightforward and productive way than let's say even the United States is. The United States isn't producing to the level that we should be and we continue to regulate using government regulations to uh, destroy entire industries. And this is why the EPA losing against West Virginia is such a, a sigh of relief because we know that these regulatory agencies are destroying our nation's ability to produce wealth. Okay, so uh, let's kind of cover some of these topics in this 
and this particular article. India's top cement producer is paying for Russian coal using Chinese yuan. Now, the firm is paying $25.8 million worth of yuan for the Russian imports, and traders say similar deals will follow. So this means it's creating a new idea that it is okay to, to use the yuan as that trading currency to then buy goods from another country. Um, this is making the Chinese yuan a possible world reserve currency or a currency that could be used in trade. And any time that the US dollars, by the way, are not being used in the trade cycle, um, it devalues our dollar even more. So you think talk about inflation now, inflation in the very near future is going to be massive, okay? The, the inflation rate right now is sitting at about 7%. Okay, and if you really look at the goods, uh, the price of goods of gas and groceries and different commodities, uh, they've risen over 25% in the past two years. Uh, so we're not just looking at a currency collapse, everything is collapsing in terms of value. So the dollar is no longer having the same buying power. Well, the way in which countries trade with the US dollar is they buy it from the U US war bonds, these US bonds. Um, and when they buy these US bonds, they are able to take on this currency, this US dollar, and then they use that currency to trade, let's say between India and, um, and Tibet or India and Japan. Um, you know, those countries are going to use the US dollar, which is kind of an agreed upon value instead of using their own native currencies, which don't have value intrinsically on the geopolitical or worldwide scale, right? So that's why they use the US dollar. So Japan will go and buy US bonds and they will have US dollars and then India would do the same thing and they would trade goods using the US dollar. And this is keeping the US dollar intact. This is what keeps the US dollar in a powerful state. However, if Japan and India decided all of a sudden to use any other currency, just any other currency, and instead of their uh, of the U.S. dollar, um, the U.S. dollar would no longer have value because then they wouldn't have to buy from the U.S. bonds and and be able to uh, use the currency in these various different uh, transactions happening internationally. Um, what that would leave us with essentially is these dollars, these bonds, these U.S. bonds having very little value. Um, and if the U.S. bond market starts to collapse, that essentially represents the entirety of the currency itself. And so uh, right now, U.S. bonds, uh, by the way, a bond essentially is a loan. It's, a, it's, it's like um, money being loaned to a particular country. So when, when a nation goes and buys a U.S. bond, they're essentially buying a loan from the U.S. government. And they're going to you know, pay it back, right? And that's how the U.S. government earns its interest to then pay the Federal Reserve Bank. So then that helps the uh, whenever our country uses the congressional budget and they're like, oh, we're going to vote for all these wonderful Green New Deal and health care for everybody, whatever they're trying to do and BS everybody. They print the money and, and the Federal Reserve prints the money, loans it to the U.S. Treasury. The U.S. Treasury goes in and spends all that money the way Congress sees fit, yada, yada. And so what happens is the way in which this country right now, the United States, makes its money. They don't, we don't sell oil. We don't sell goods. We don't produce even washer machines here. We don't produce cars. We're not selling Ford in Japan. They don't buy Ford. Like we're not selling anything. No American goods are really being sold across the world except for maybe Coca-Cola and, and, and shit products. 
And so do you have these small commodities and small things that are being sold around the world? Uh, Mexico likes buying our Coca-Cola, that's for sure. Uh, however, we don't have you know these uh, these large pr pr uh, products that are being sold that are like uh, very useful, like commodities, like oil or something like that. We we don't even sell that anymore. And so what happens is this country right now in this moment, the way this country makes its money is by selling its currency, essentially giving it as a loan, like like the U.S. bank. It, uh, the U.S. is a bank, essentially giving loans out to other countries to use those dollars to buy goods from one country to another. And then those countries pay back the United States, those bonds and the value that they got plus interest. And this is kind of what's been going on in terms of how the country makes its money. Of course, the country also has it to where if you buy these bonds, you can also earn interest, right? So it's not just about buying and selling bonds, but it's about using the currency itself to use it in trade. Um, so this is kind of a, the big issue with what's been going on in terms of the currency itself. So now we've got, like I said, there's been, and then those kinds of things have been happening, right? Uh, it, India wants to buy this and this currency, and now Japan wants to buy this and this. So I've been seeing a lot of this going on. And I think that one thing we have to recognize is the U.S. dollar is under a true assault. And uh, this is a kind of the, um, the battle that's happening now. You have, you have Brazil. China, Russia, South Africa, and India, they're partnering. These are five very massive nations, and they are partnering right now to uh, kind of make their own currency. And so this is, this is what I'm announcing now in this particular news article, which is that Russia and China are brewing up a challenge to dollar dominance by creating a new reserve currency. This is from the Market Insider. And uh, we can kind of, I'm going to read some of these bullet points and talk to you guys about what this, what this means and then what this would mean for, um, for everyone as an individual like you and I. Um, Russia and China are developing a new reserve currency with other BRICS countries, which is another a whole, a whole uh, kind of a treaty. Uh, and the president, Vladimir Putin, had mentioned this, right? Uh, the basket currency would rival a U.S.-dominated international monetary fund alternative and let Russia widen its influence, an analyst said. Uh, the dollar's dominance is already eroding as central banks diversify into the Chinese yuan and smaller currencies. So as I mentioned before, I've been watching the news. I've been watching how other nations, other central banks are now, as they mentioned there, they are diversifying. They are buying the Chinese yuan. They're actually buying the Russian ruble. I mean, they're buying the Russian ruble. So it's like, they're buying a Russian ruble, they're buying block, uh, a Bitcoin, and they're adding these other elements to their banks so that they can then later on loan out this money or use the money to buy international goods. And so I've been paying attention to this for a minute, but for this to be announced where they're actually like, no, we're actually going to all make an entirely new currency. And this currency is going to rival the United States, the US dollar. This is very, very, very significant news. Um, what this means for you and I is that essentially whatever U.S. dollars that you're holding in your bank account personally are not going to be nearly as valuable. If you think interest or uh, inflation is high, um, just imagine when your dollar, your $100 bill is, is down to like it, it's only worth $10 of its buying power. Does that make sense? Like we could be looking at a huge reduction in value of the U.S. dollar. And so that's the most significant aspect of what we're looking at here. And so if I were you, 
I would be buying up gold, silver, precious metals, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies. I would try to diversify your portfolio, you see, because if central banks around the world, these are massive, most powerful entities in the world, in my opinion, they are diversifying. They are getting out of the US dollar. They are buying up other currencies that they see as valuable. You have to ask yourself, are you doing the same thing? Are you diversifying your portfolio? If you are just invested in stocks and bonds and and saving money, saving the US dollars and and also, if you're just invested in creating income streams using the US dollar, you are in a very, very perilous position. You don't want to be in this position. You want to be able to dominate into the future as a personal individual. And to do so, you're going to have to diversify that portfolio. Like, as I mentioned, buying Bitcoin, buying things that are of real value, gold, silver, uh, buying land, buying real estate, uh, buying assets, assets that even income producing assets are great. However, if you're looking at US dollar input, um, you have to start rethinking how you view all of these different things. So I wanted to mention that now up front. It is the most massive breaking news and everyone's sort of following all this other stuff, you know, Roe v. Wade and all the culture is just everywhere and the Warriors won an NBA championship and people just pay attention to stuff that just doesn't really fucking matter ultimately, you know? Like, at the end of the day, what I just told you is the most relevant information. I mean, watching a bureaucratic state like the EPA be defeated in court is absolutely wonderful and beautiful. Proves that the Constitution works. Proves that these bureaucratic power, bureaucratic um, state agencies do not have as much power as they say that they do. Or and and also, by the way, I've been kind of curious myself. Been wondering why are we? Why if I ran a business and I'm like and I'm just doing my thing, but if some regulatory agency came to me and said, you know, hey, this and this is going on, you're gonna have to shut down your business or you have to reduce what you can do. I'd be like, yeah, no, you don't have a constitutional authority. That was the same thing when it came to like wearing a mask in stores, you remember that? Or having a vaccine passport, right? Like where did these laws come from? They're not laws. Uh, a lot of them aren't even laws and a lot of them are just plain unconstitutional. Whether Congress passed it or not, it's unconstitutional. When it limits your rights as an individual and then when it limits your rights to commerce, things like that. These are very, very um, uh, kind of bridgeways in the intellectual gap to help people understand like you can't just come in. I, I've been wondering like why is anybody listening to these regulatory agencies? They are not constitutional. None of them are. If someone's drilling for oil and some freaking agency wants to come in and say, oh, you're not doing this right. You need to shut this down. It's like, dude, come here and shut it all down. Like you, you, you realize that these agencies are actively destroying the United States. Like in, in, I wouldn't even just say that they don't have power and that they're powerless or that or that they, they don't they shouldn't have the power that they have, blah, blah, blah. I'm not even just saying that. These are enemies of this country. I mean, these bureaucratic states are enemies of the country. They have all this power that they claim that to have, and they try to implement all of these regulations that actually have nothing to do with what the way in which they were created in the first place. So we have to recognize as individuals and as business owners and capitalists in a free market and living in America with constitutional rights that we don't have to pay attention to some of these different things, you know? Like these are all a lot of frauds. It's like the IRS paying taxes. Like there are so many ways to legally not pay taxes they never tell you and none of these and I mean none of these other tax companies um, gosh I can't even think of them so there's so many of them but 
Um, there's all these tax companies that do your taxes for you, TurboTax and things. They're not going to find you any of these loopholes. They're not going to help you save on all this uh, money that you're making from businesses and stuff. And it's the same thing with these regulatory agencies. So I just think it's about time that we, we recognize this and we start to kind of r realize that we have all the power to um, essentially make our own decisions, do the commerce that we're doing. And then looking at this dollar and the US dollar collapsing, I mean, it's just absolutely devastating. And people in running for Congress, running for governor, running for any kind of thing, they, people need to be talking about this. This is the biggest issue facing our country. It ain't abortion and it ain't um, it ain't this whole January 6th attack hearings, whatever the hell they're doing on Capitol Hill, like has nothing to do with that. We're looking at the absolute utter collapse of the nation by collapse of the US dollar. So again, just wanted to throw that out there for you guys to understand. Um, but hopefully in the beginning of the podcast, you're able to hear that we're, we've got to focus on ourselves first. We've got to take care of our own well-being. Um, and I hope this finds you well. Um, you guys have a great rest of your day. Peace.